Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, Mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, Mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Oh my gosh, I am busting at the seams for this week's episode. Ah, you're going to love Mon. She's sweet, hilarious, passionate about health and wellness. She's got a degree with honours in psychology, but you may know her more as Miss Universe Australia in 2015 and then her wonderful wild time on Survivor in 2018. She's a gorgeous mama now to 10-week-old Luca and she has a wild, glorious birth story that has left me in awe and inspiration. Monica's mindset through her entire pregnancy and birth is something that can empower all of us. Plus, she shares more about her tribe that gathered around her during birth and how grateful she was on so many levels. It wasn't the birth that she once dreamed, but Luca definitely made an entrance and you are going to love this. Hi, Mon. I'm so excited for you to be here. You're wearing your beautiful Baba Luca while we chat, which is so the mum life. So if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you've done in the past, where you're at now, and like a top mama tip. Of course. Well, hello, beautiful girl. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, like you said, Luca is on my chest because this is what you've got to do to have an hour of peace in my household. Um, so basically, my name is Monica. People may know me because I was Miss Universe Australia a few years ago and then I did Survivor. So that's sort of like my claim to fame, but my passions are all about you know psychology. I did study psychology before um, venturing down the Miss Universe and modeling route, but I just love mental health and the importance of that, healthy living, just holistic living and things like that. So that's where my passions lie. And I've only been a mum for about 10 weeks now, so I don't have many tips. You know, I'm still learning. But I would say my biggest tip as a new mum is to stay in your own lane, not to focus on the babies around you, the mama's experience around you, because every single experience is so different and you have to tailor it to your baby. You've got no idea what to expect until you meet that little one. So that for me has been really important to just go with the flow and, you know, feel out Luca and see what he needs, not what the latest mummy blogger tells me to do. That's it. And I feel like this is why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because your whole birth story was intuitive. It was grounded. It was all about having a great mental space. Like, guys, wait till you hear this story. (laughs) Oh, gosh, it's so empowering. And it's so true. Comparison is so real. And you see all these other mums doing all these different things, but you know Luca best and no one else Mm -hmm. does know him like you do. So I love that. Stay in your lane and avoid yes. comparison. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. Talk to us. You, if, if people don't follow you on Instagram like I do, Mon prepared so well for birth. <laughs> like she had all the right team around her. You had all the right equipment. You prepared mentally. Like tell us how important was that for you to take time to prepare 
for your birth? Well, for me, I'm such a type A person. And when I do something, I have to do it 110%. There's no, there's no, you know, if or ands about it for me. So I actually started preparing for my birth like a year before I even started trying for Luca, which is hilarious, you know? So for me, the first step was getting the right books and listening to the right podcasts and things like that to just sort of figure out where I actually wanted to go in terms of where to have him and things like that. And I ended up selecting a home birth, but that was only after I did a lot of research. At first, I definitely wasn't thinking to go down that path, but it just resonated so much with me and I just felt like it was the right thing to do. So then when I fell pregnant, I was literally, I found out at about five weeks and the next day after I took that positive test, I was searching for midwives and doulas, like ridiculous. And, you know, he was actually due the week after Christmas. So a few midwives that I called that I just found their numbers, they were all taking time off on the holiday break. So I was really panicking. And then I found this incredible woman, Jo Hunter. She was the midwife that I wanted. And I was chasing her up for a couple of weeks because she was so busy and couldn't return my phone call. And I was like, I need Jo, I need Jo. Found her finally. She's insane. And then I found my amazing doula, Erica, who I actually found via you, beautiful girl. That's how you and I connected. Because of course, your doula. Yes, I love it. Isn't she the best? Um, she's she's oh, amazing. No so words. Like my team, and I felt like when I found the team, I felt so relieved, so comforted. And you know, if I'm sure you've already watched Birth Time, but it's all about the continuity of care. So it's really important for mamas to be to have one midwife or one obstetrician that they can go to their whole pregnancy that knows them and then knows their body. And that's what I had. So with them by my side, I really already felt settled and empowered. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, I had to do a few other things, like being a type A Virgo that I am. So I did <laughs> no birthing. I did a class on that with my husband. And then I just read up on everything natural and holistic birth that I could. I watched birthing videos and then just did a lot of meditation and grounding myself to know that whatever was to happen, it was meant to happen that way and that I would be okay. I love it. I love it. You make me giggle because I just, I love all of, I love that it's six weeks you'll contact me being like, so could I just ask you questions about your doula because I'm interested in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, you're so organized. Me jump on a plane to America the day after I found I was pregnant and didn't even get to the doctor till like 14 weeks. Wow. I just like, you're a little relaxed about this. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll roll with it. I love it. Remember, I love you it. remember, I was pregnant during COVID, so I had a lot of time on my hands. You had a lot of time. And it's true, when you are having a baby in a really high holiday season, like New Year's, which we're going to hear about your birth story, um, you get a bit nervous because things do shut down and people aren't available like they are. So I totally, I totally get it. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your preparation for your home birth and why you actually decided to go with that type of delivery. Okay. Well, so first I'll tell you about why I decided to go down the home birth path and then how I prepped for it. I watched two documentaries that really opened my eyes to the nature of birth in hospitals, particularly one was called the face of birth, which is an Australian documentary. And the other one is the business of being born, which is an American documentary actually created by Ricky Lake. If you remember Ricky Lake, you know, Mm. go Ricky, go Ricky. So she's very different now. And those two documentaries totally opened my eyes to the safety of home birth and also the potential potential difficulties that hospital births can run into. They call it the cascade of intervention. So if yeah. any mama out there wants to research that, it's just basically if something gets done to you in hospital, like um, the uh, 
Pitocin, drip, I think that's what it's called in Australia, basically just to, you know, induce you and things like that. Sometimes it's necessary. So for me, especially when you hear about my birth later on, I am so grateful for hospitals. Like there is nothing that I'm trying to say negatively about that, but just the things to be aware of that if one intervention starts and potentially more and more can follow, and then you can be left with uh, a situation that you really didn't want to be in. And you could have potentially avoided if a few of those yep. interventions were not done, if they were necessary. So anyway, I was healthy. I had a low risk pregnancy. So home birth was a very, op- a very, um, I guess, possible option for me. And I was really excited about it. And so I locked in my amazing midwife, Jo, and that was it. She came over. Another great thing I love about um, a home birth is that your private midwife, she comes to you. So Jo was coming over to my place once a month. We were having a cup of tea at home. The um, appointments went for a good hour, which I loved because I could ask her anything I wanted to ask. And she really got to know me as a person, not just this pregnant woman, which I absolutely loved. And then it was time to prepare for the birth. So, I mean, home births are quite simple. All you need is your home. And if you wanted to have a pool, which I did. So, um, Joe brought over this beautiful pool that you fill up while you're in labor and then you can get in and have this beautiful water birth, which is what I wanted to have. I'm so sorry if everybody can hear some rustling. It's my cat Charlie using the little box, but like I said, I'm at home. Gotta do even <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I did to prep for the home birth, but I also did a few little things that I would really advocate for all mamas to do. It's very easy and it's natural. Acupuncture and finding a great chiropractor. Fantastic. And the two other natural things is eating dates, which they're delicious (laughs) and they're they're meant to ripen your cervix and help with uh, really great contractions. And also raspberry leaf tea that you can drink that also does the same thing, strengthens the cervix. And that's, that was it. That was my prep pretty much. And a lot of reading and meditating and hypnobirthing stuff that I could. I love that. I saw on someone's Instagram this morning, I'm eating dates because I'm over my due date. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're getting ready. And I, if you eat dates and you know, then you know. Yep. Um, I love that. I love all your preparation. I love that you chose home birth. And I love the way you still speak about home birth as well. Um, okay. Why do you think it's super important to be empowered on the whole birth journey regardless of the outcome? And you can speak into this mm-hmm. very well. Well, okay. So for me, and as we know, you can't plan your birth. Your baby and your body decide what is going to happen. So I feel like if you've got this one track mind, tunnel vision of what you really want to happen and not knowing what else can potentially go wrong or go awry, then you're setting yourself up for failure because you'll be in a panic state if something does go a little bit against your birth plan. So I never actually wrote a birth plan. I obviously knew my overall plan was to give birth at home in the water if I could. That was it. Um, but then during my um, hypnobirthing tracks that I was listening to daily, one of the affirmations is I allow my birthing to take place however it needs to be and I allow the changes in my birth to take place with calmness. So it's all about just accepting what is and going with it instead of being rigid because as we know with birth, your hormones play a huge part and your stress levels can really affect how well your birth is progressing, how well the labor is progressing and how your baby is feeling in there. So um, that's, what was the question? Baby brain. 
Oh, how <laughs> important is, yes, that's right, to be totally prepared regardless of what happens and to be empowered. So for me, knowledge is power. You know, researching yes. and knowing what your body is doing during the labor for me was so comforting because if you don't know that you're about to experience these kind of sensations, and of course it's panic inducing because it's they're painful. And you may be thinking, is, is something going wrong? Am I going to die? Is this the right, is this pain meant to feel like this? Whereas for me, I did so much preparation that I just, when the labor did start taking place, I was so calm about what my body was doing. And I knew that the pain was purposeful pain. It was necessary and it was, it was a good type of pain. So I never felt that, oh my God, what's going on? Is this the wrong thing? I just embraced every single sensation. And that was only because I researched and empowered myself. I love it. I love that you said education is key because I also wanted to have a water birth. And when I went to go to the toilet, my waters exploded and I saw he pooed in my waters. And I knew because I was educated, okay, this means I can't have a water birth. He's my heart rate, his heart rate is going to be monitored and I'm going to have to have a strap around my belly. And I instantly didn't freak out. I just went into I know what's next. I know what needs to happen. I'm going to work with my midwife and she was fantastic. So I was prepared for the dialogue and then I didn't freak out. So I love that you say that. It's so important to go to birth classes and get more education on what happens in and out of hospital around birth. Um, So yes, empowerment is so important. Feeling like you've got a choice, even when things are kind of Mm -hmm. feeling like you're losing control, which is what kind of happened for you a little bit. Hey, Mama, this is a quick ad break. I know we're about to come up to Mon's birth story, but please hold tight one moment. It would mean the world to me if you could please share this episode with a mum that you know is in need of inspiration and love, that's got a baby that she's about to birth or she's about to get pregnant. This episode is literally being crafted and Mon has been so beautiful in sharing her story so we can educate and inspire more mums out there that might not believe in themselves or are struggling around around the idea of birth. So if you could please chuck us a follow on at belly and beyond underscore and give us a bit of a shout out and share this on your stories, share this straight to the DM of any mum that you know, or even just simply copy the link and text her. That is going to mean the world to me and it's going to mean the world to Mon. She's so proud of her birth story. She is so courageous and I know that she feels this has happened for a reason. And the one of the reasons is she wants to inspire more mums to believe they were born to birth. So thank you guys and let's get right back into it. Okay, so Mon, tell us a little bit about your incredible birth story. It started New Year's Eve and you're having a three-course dinner with your girlfriends. Tell us. (laughs) Okay, well, basically the whole ordeal started in the morning of New Year's Eve at about 6 a.m. I was in bed and I felt a very dull period ache, period pain ache, and then a bit of warm liquid. And I was like, okay, I think my waters have broken. I got up and I checked, you know, a little puddle trickle down and I messaged my midwife and she was like, yep, your waters have broken, but labor hasn't started yet. So just be as calm as you can and go about your day as normally as you would. Don't think about it. You're not in labor yet. So I went about my day. I made the dessert. I was in charge of dessert for New Year's Eve. So this whole day, I felt totally fine, no pain, but just water gushing out of me. So I ended up wearing nappies by the end of the day. It was just so annoying, but no other pain otherwise. 
and about wow. 6 p.m. hit. So that was 12 hours after my water broke and I was, you know, it's time to get ready for dinner. And then the contraction started about six minutes apart for about 30 seconds. And these pains were like super mild, period pain. That's all I can explain it as just like dull aches in your belly. That's it. And we still went to dinner. I had a three course dinner. I had my dessert. But the funniest thing was for me, it was okay because I could totally manage the pain. But for my friends around, they just were so uncomfortable because every six minutes, I just slowly back away from conversation and close my eyes on the table. And then they'd all stop what they were doing and just watch me. And they're like, are you having another contraction? And I'm just like, yes, just keep talking, keep talking. Like I didn't want them to focus on me, you know, hilarious. it was very funny. And then at about like, I think it was 1030. I decided, you know what, it's probably best to go home now and to try and rest and hopefully get the contractions a little bit more intense because there was, there were just six minutes that whole time. So from about 6 PM to about whatever, 1030, six minutes apart. And my midwife said that's pre-labor still because they were so short as well. I got home and then they three minutes apart for about 30 seconds. And that lasted about an hour and a half-ish. And during that time, I spoke to my midwife and my doula. They both heard me on the phone contracting and they both said, you know what, you're doing a great job, but it's definitely still pre-labor. You're you're in for a marathon. So go in bed and rest in between because it's going to be a long night. And we haven't left the house, by the way. They're still at home. And I was like, okay, I will try and do that. But they're pretty intense for the 30 seconds that I am feeling them. But yeah, I can breathe through them. And it's not this incredible pain that I have heard about. And then I hang up and they said, you know what? We'll speak to you in about an hour. If they're still this close together, we'll leave regardless of how long they are. I'm like, okay, then. I go into the bed to try and, you know, rest like they told me to, but I just could not get comfortable. So within two or three minutes, I'd get up and I need to go to the bathroom to pee. So I go to sit on the toilet, I pee, and then I feel another contraction coming on. So this is about, like I said, an hour and a half into these three minute contractions. And as I'm contracting, the only way I can describe the sensation is when you've got diarrhea and you know that really horrible cramp in your feeling and you just want to release it. You just need to push it out. That's the feeling that I had. So for whatever reason, my body just instinctively started to push very gently as well, but just almost like to relieve this pressure. And as I'm doing it, I feel like a pop come out of my vagina. (laughs) And the first thing that I thought was my vagina is falling out. Because there's like, to think the think baby was coming was like, absolutely not. You know, no. my vagina's falling out. Like, crap, I pushed too hard. <laughs> and, I, and I just didn't, I could not touch, you know, downstairs or look there. I just did not want to. So yeah. I called my husband. I was like, come have a look. I feel something's come out. Expecting him to say, you know, there's a bulge of your vagina or something. And he just <laughs> he looks, he looks there and he says, it's a foot. And I was like. It's what? A, what? You know, and he's like, I see a foot. And I just was like, call Joe, call Joe. So he calls Joe. And the first thing she says is, call an ambulance. So I'm on the phone to Joe. He's on the phone to an ambulance. And they're both telling us what to do. So Joe basically said, get on your hands and knees, lift your butt up in the air to relieve any pressure from your cervix because I don't think you're dilated. If you're not dilated, you can't push this baby out. So just, you know, lift up. And then the ambulance was pretty much directing Alessandra to do the same thing and they were on their way. And Joe was an hour away, so she felt so helpless. I was panicking. And, you know, first thing I thought of when I, you know, heard it was a foot was, oh, my God, emergency cesarean, breach can't be delivered naturally, my home birth is a no-go. So 
I did have a bit of panic for a couple of seconds because like, I just could not believe it. I couldn't fathom this was happening. I didn't pack a hospital bag because I was like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. They even told you, even if you're planning a home birth, just to pack a hospital bag in case. But I was like, no, not necessary. I'm going to have this at home. Ha ha. Joke's on me. Anyway. (laughs) So basically I did have that little bit of state of panic, but then I knew also from my research that the best thing to do for my child is to keep in a state of calm and in that zone, that birthing land zone. I mean, I was at home in the dark, birthing on my, like bouncing on my wall, just really relaxed. It was pitch black. And I knew I had to maintain that kind of composure for my baby and for my body. If I was to have any chance of delivering him naturally. So I closed my eyes from that moment and I didn't open them until he was born, which, you know, was a while after this. So my eyes are closed. I'm listening to Joe and then the ambulances come. There's four of them because it's New Year's Eve, but it's COVID New Year's Eve. So there were no rowdy people and they all just rocked up at the same time. I got put on a stretcher in that same position, my butt up in the air and got escorted to hospital. And we were very lucky because Erica, our amazing doula, made it to the hospital just before us. And she directed everyone and told them that if I was fully dilated, that we were going to push this baby out naturally. That was my my wish, my hope, and we have to make it happen. And again, we were absolutely blessed because the people on uh, call that night, the wonderful midwives and doctors, all were experienced in delivering natural breech babies. Do you know lady that birthed you when, because Erica's also told me this part of the story, which is literally gave me tingles, is that midwife that happened to be on the night that you came in had birthed in third world countries before. So yes. she was experienced, like, and the fact it was COVID and you had extra ambulances, like, I don't know, I just, it gives me tingles how much everything was on your side for this incredible birth. I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, another thing that I that I think about is if we were to find out that he was breached before, because obviously nobody knew he was breached. That was a big, important part of the story, you guys. He was he was presenting completely normally until that day. So I don't know how he moved, when he moved, but I had three different professionals feel my belly for weeks and all said, yep, head down, head down. I felt his hiccups down there. So it was just ridiculous, but that was a blessing in disguise because that meant I could be laboring at home. If we knew he was breached, I would have had to go into hospital as soon as my waters broke. And like we said, the cascade of intervention, if they saw and thought that I wasn't proceeding fast enough, which they very well may have, because I didn't start contracting within 12 hours after my waters broke, who knows how I would have had him. So just all of this stuff was on my side, like you said. Um, but because yes, Erica, they know Erica, she's sort of celebrity in the birthing world. They listened to her directions. And when we got there, we were just straight escorted into the room. And there was about 15 people in that room. Not that I knew, but my everyone told me because obviously my eyes were closed. They were all ready. And as soon as I got on that bed and they checked me out to see that I was fully dilated, which I was, then they were like, let's do this. Let's get the baby out now, naturally. And within 12 minutes, I had pushed Luca out of my body. (laughs) And from what I understand, you were very blessed in the type of breach it was because when the midwife checked, it was just that his knee was just a little bit scrunched up. It wasn't that he was doing like a full splits and his leg was all the way up the other end. It was just tucked under and all she did was pop his little knee out and that meant he could just basically come out like a little pencil. That's exactly right. And again, another blessing because if he was like a little pencil, feet first straight out, he would have fell out into the toilet and I would have had to deal with him and my husband by ourselves. And he actually had the cord wrapped around his neck twice. So I think that would have been such a scary 
moment to, to, I wouldn't know, have, I wouldn't have known what to do. Like if I saw his neck, I would have just been really panicked. So I'm very grateful that his little knee was tucked up, that we could get to the hospital in time. And he was, he was perfect when he came out. Thank God. And like I said, within 12 minutes, he was out. I just couldn't believe it. And then my final sort of um, timeline was from start to finish, I was in labor for two hours and 36 minutes only. Crazy. I know, but that's what I'm telling all the mamas out there. I don't know if it was a coincidence or if all the natural things I was doing made a difference, but you cannot go wrong with eating dates and, and, you know, drinking raspberry leaf tea if it's going to make your labor go faster and more, more sufficient, right? That's it. And I did even raspberry leaf liquid herb as well. and had it in a liquid, could literally feel my cervix softening as I was taking that because I was doing all the perineal massaging and all that sort of stuff. James, my vagina is getting soft. It's like, what the heck? (laughs) But there's two things that absolutely stand out to me about this story. And that's why I really wanted you to come on and share it. And that is not only the place that you stayed in your mind, your eyes closed, obviously really helped keep you centered and grounded and not be looking around at things that could stress you out or alarm you or your, your environment, but you stayed in your zone, which I remember when I first, you were voice noting me your story. I was just like, wow, I'm so impressed with where you stayed mentally. And the second, thing was I 100% know that that birth ended up the way you would have desired because of the team around you and how for you your team was and it just was this when I heard it I was like that's what happens when there's a tribe tribe Mm -hmm. around you people fighting for you Erica was fighting for you Joe was doing what she could the other midwife that happened to be on was all working together and it was like this beautiful team rather than it's just you and one person and they're making decisions on behalf of you because you're just not there to even talk about it. Um, I just love that. Imagine if every single woman had that experience that they had this crew and team for them around them in the birthplace, whether it's at home or in the hospital, even in the C-section room, it actually doesn't matter. It's just that people are for you and are helping you get that dream birth Mm -hmm. that you desire. And tell us, now you've gone through all of that, Tell us you, how you still feel about home birth and you still feel about wanting that for your next baby and it hasn't derailed you at all. Well, what I want to say about what you just said is that's extremely true. And I mean, I'm such a, a good example of this because obviously my birth didn't go to plan, but I still came out of it as empowered and relaxed and positive about birth as I was going into it, hoping for a home birth, even though I had this hospital birth. And that was just because my mentality was where it was meant to be because I had this wonderful team like you said, supporting me. Erica was by my side at my head as I was pushing. My husband actually, fun little fact about this situation. So for whatever reason, something came over him when he saw the foot in the toilet, something came over his mind and he thought, I'm going to document this experience for Monica because I think when when this is all done, she's going to want to see this. So I've got pictures of the foot coming out of my butt, me on the stretcher with my butt up in the air, a blanket covering me, of course, but you can see his foot out of the blanket. And then a video, a video of me giving birth. So he recorded it. So he wasn't actually next to me, next to my head. Erica was there because he felt so comfortable and safe in her presence. And so he was filming and you can actually hear him. You can do it, my love. Great job. 
but like Erica's there patting my head. Like it was just the funniest thing in hindsight. And then we got discharged four hours later because Joe, my midwife, made it five minutes after he was born. And she said, don't worry, I've got them. I can take care of them at home. They've both been checked out. They're both healthy. Let's go home. And that never would have happened if I was checked into hospital with, you know, a random midwife working that night. They would never have allowed that. But because Joe knew me, knew my body, I was safe to go home. And then we spent the next morning together as a family in our own bed. Um, So, you know, your question about has this derailed me in terms of home birth? Absolutely not. Because, you know, the way that I see it, a lot of people hear my story and they panic and they think, oh my God, what an emergency situation. Like you should have been in hospital. Maybe if you you had um, signed up for a hospital birth, it would have been different. The answer is definitely no. Because as I said, I was laboring for one hour. If I had called the hospital, they would have said, yep, we'll see you in the morning. Maybe we'll call you back in the morning. Nobody would have suggested I go into hospital that early. So he would have, his foot would have been birthed there no matter what. But the fact of the matter is, yeah. And you know what Joe even says to this day, if I was there and I could have checked, we potentially could have had him at home, but it was because I was by myself. It was, it wasn't the right thing to do, you know, without a doubt, next baby home birth again, that is my plan. And Joe actually said to me that next time on my due week, she's going to be living here at home because she thinks that the next baby is going to slide out of me in like a few minutes if this is how fast the first one came which I still can't comprehend that I'm this woman that could birth in two and a half hours like it's mind-blowing that's why you often hear the second or the third birth ends up being more of the dream birth that you desired because you're going with a different mindset and they often can sleep out really fast there's a lady around the corner here that literally had her baby as she was walking down her front steps to get into the car to go to the hospital and it slid out and her husband caught it on the step Whoa. and that was second oh might have even been third that might have been third wow. baby our bodies know with every subsequent birth our bodies know exactly what to do they're primed for it so that makes sense that every birth fingers crossed is easier as you go on I love that and anyway I just your birth just gets me excited I love it I love that things don't go to plan in life but it's the way you handle it it's who you've got around you it's your support and you stayed so positive the whole way through even after it didn't get you down you weren't like feeling sad because you didn't get the birth nest that you wanted you you were so positive and you're so happy that Luca was so happy and your recovery was actually still really fast wasn't it you still amazingly well Mm-hmm. Very fast. And I just, you know, it, there wasn't, there was a twinge in me, you know, a sadness that I didn't get the home birth that I wanted because it was such like, it was such a, a fantasy of mine, kind of like a beautiful whimsical dream that I pictured him being born in the water. And then I just pictured Alessandra and I looking at each other and tearing up like, this is our baby. My mum was meant to be there. And then I always, I envisioned so many things like delayed cord clamping, which is basically yeah. you don't cut the umbilical cord until all the blood has rushed out of it. But that would, you know, and it's really funny, the video that I saw of me birthing, as soon as he was born, the first thing I said was, wasn't show me my baby. It was don't cut the cord. And then they all turned to me and said, we have to, like he's, he's the cord is wrapped around his neck twice. I have to check him out. And I was like, okay, release expectations and go with the flow. It was such a lesson for me. And in hindsight, I'm really grateful for the experience that it wasn't this dream home birth because then if I came out and said, oh, what a positive birth. I feel so empowered. People turn around and say, well, of course you feel empowered. You had a two hour easy water birth at home. Like that's not every person's experience, you know. Nobody would be inspired by that because they just say, "Well, you're very freaking lucky." Like you didn't do anything, sort of thing. Like it was it was handed to you. Whereas I actually did go through quite a stressful period, right? I mean, it wasn't it, it was quite stressful going into a bloody ambulance with a foot coming out of you. But yet, like oh. you said, I still came out 
positive and happy and really excited. Oh, oh yes, Luca, and he was really yeah. happy. <laughs> um, so I no. think it goes to show that your mentality is so important and that yeah. came through educating myself, you know. No matter what happened, I came out happy and empowered. Love that. And literally my last question was, what was your biggest learning curve and inspiration to moms? And I feel like you've literally just answered that just what you've just said. So I can hear little Luca, he's waking up, he's probably hungry and we know you've got to go back to being a mom, it's real. So thank you so much, Mon. I love your birth story. I know so many women are going to be inspired by your birth story. Women that haven't had babies yet, that are maybe feeling nervous and, you know, hear that when things go sideways, there can still be a good way. You know, just quickly, honey, before we go, I want to tell all the mamas out there that are listening, that are pregnant, to please don't be scared about your birth and your labor. Instead, be excited. As I'm saying this, I'm getting tingles throughout my whole body because it is one of the most magical experiences you will ever go through. You'll come out feeling so freaking powerful, like you are giving life. You are pushing a human being out of your body or you are going um, having a cesarean, whichever way your birth goes you should come out of there feeling so freaking powerful and strong and proud of yourself. And it's nothing to be fearful of. Our bodies were designed to do this. Like we are literally made to birth our babies. So please don't be scared. I promise you it's not going to be as bad as you thought and your baby is the biggest blessing and the biggest gift. So after all that, you'll forget about it and you'll have the most amazing, precious gift in your arms. I love it. Oh, it's so beautiful. So sweet, that little top lip. Yeah. Literally is daddy. (laughs) Mon, we're so grateful that you would share your story with us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together.